Uyoi, Louis, Netzil, Wyver, Dana, Eberskbus, Ot, Kimok, Kub, Srepik. What are you doing? Well, you know how Zatanna cast spells by speaking backwards? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get our listeners to listen, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Oh, let me do it. Let me try it. Okay. Dad. Mom. Race car. See, they are, they're all the same backwards. You see? That's, that's pretty impressive. I think you're a wizard, Miles. <laughs> you're a wizard, Ari. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely a wizard. <laughs> um, so let me, let me try this one here. Episode. Yeah, so you're getting it. What did you say? I said, let's get on with the episode, dude. Say? Did you just say yes backwards? On... all right welcome to comic book keepers where we talk about comic book characters their history and their impact on our lives i'm lance and today we're talking about the all-powerful zatanna and of course for a character this amazing i have to bring on uh, one of our podcasting friends just as equally amazing we have miles from the disc dump podcast as well as high on horror how you doing miles i'm great thanks for having me on this is extremely exciting for me Yes, I I am so happy we finally figured out which character we were going to do together because <laughs> we 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 were throwing out ideas left and right. Yeah, there were some that like until today I was like, "Ah, why did we pick this one?" But now I'm really happy we picked this one. I did a lot of reading today. I, I feel like every single time I message you you're like, "Oh, I'm reading this new one now. Oh, this next one." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I read a lot of comics and I fall in love with all the characters, but this one is so good. And uh, who are we talking about today? We are we're talking about Zatanna. And the more I read about her, the more I love her. Oh, she's great. She's great. Kind of a polarizing character, but very good. I oh, like I am. I really want to track down her first appearance now. And it's not even crazy expensive. It's a few hundred dollars, but nothing like insane. Not even crazy expensive. A few hundred dollars, he says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like the majority of potentially your paycheck for the week. <laughs> Half of it's going to gas prices now anyway, so might as well throw the rest yeah. away on comics. I hear you, brother. I hear I have no self-control with comics. Like, we said we were going to do this, and I immediately ordered four comics of this character. <laughs> so... <laughs> I got two of them in on time, so... (laughs) There we go. Perfect. Just the right amount, then. Well, we have a lot to discuss about today, but first, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the Disc Dump podcast as well as High on Horror? Sure. Um, The Disc Dump is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? So basically, I have all this physical media laying around like movies and CDs and stuff. And I'm going through each one, one by one with a guest and deciding on whether or not it's worth keeping in a digital era where everything is always available. Yes. So that's a fun show. And I do segments where we drink bad drinks and we look at dirtywish.com ads and it's amazing. 
And uh, my other show is called High on Horror. Yeah, he did it. He I, did it. I did it. I did the thing. He no, did the thing. I, uh, I, uh, I do that one with uh, Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds and Chris from The Geek Peak, where we talk all about horror movies. And that one is also not for children. <laughs> I love both of those shows so much. Thank They're you, brother. They're so good. And, and now we have completed the Unholy Trilogy of high on horror hosts being guests on comic book keepers it's about dang time right finally we've done the intro we've talked about our podcasts so let's dive right into the character of zatanna now is it zatanna or zatanna oh gosh everyone's gonna ream me if i say the wrong thing i don't know should we look up the google way to say it i dig zatanna better it's got some more spice on it because I like, I've always liked Zatanna, but I guess in the other like animated shows and stuff, they say Zatanna, right? They do because they're wrong. Okay, perfect. Well, <laughs> everyone else is wrong if they say it that way. We're gonna say Zatan or Zatanna. Oh, which way did oh, I God. say it the first time? Now, oh no, we're gonna say it wrong each time now. Different way. Zatanna, yes. Zatanna, Zatanna, Zatanna. I like Zatanna. Zatanna Zatara is the daughter of Giovanni John Zatara and Cindella. Zatara. While appearing to be human, the Zatara family are members of the mystical Homo Magi who evolved in a parallel but separate lineage alongside Homo sapiens. I had no clue about that. Me neither, <laughs> until you just said it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Zatara's mother, Cindella, was believed to have died giving birth to their daughter, but in fact returned to her people in a hidden city near northern Turkey. As a child, Zatara was cursed by an evil elemental named Allura, ensuring the death of her father Zatara and the separation between herself and her father. Zatara would actually escape Earth-1 in hopes of locating a heroic counterpart of Allura to negate the curse. Fast forward a few years, and Zatanna has followed in her father's footsteps as a stage magician. She soon discovers her connection to powerful magics and sets off on a journey to locate her long-lost father with some assistance from various superheroes. Yeah, like her story is super sad in the beginning. She's cursed. Mom is supposedly dead. Dad has been yeeted to basically a whole nother world. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little rough for her. Yeah, it's uh, I've come across three different origins of how that all went down in these comics that I have in my hands. And uh, pretty much stays the same that it's Zatanna's fault that her dad ended up in another realm of some kind there's that's the thing about dc because they'll they'll switch up the origins quite frequently because they'll reboot mm -hmm. the universe and they're like this is now how it actually happened which right. you know it keeps things fresh interesting this is some other stuff that i actually didn't know before doing research as well so zatanna's lineage is really interesting because she's a descendant of the artist and magician leonardo da vinci so in that in dc universe leonardo da vinci is an artist and a magician which i loved mm -hmm. uh, she's also related to nostradamus alessandro cagliostro and the noted alchemist nicholas flamel and evan fulcanelli as well as lord arian of atlantis Wow, that's that's quite the uh, quite the genetic lottery she won there. Yeah, isn't Nicholas Flamel in Harry Potter? Is he a real dude? <laughs> I'm confused. I also thought that was a Harry Potter character. Does DC have like a dabble in there? <laughs> Do they cross over or something? 
I don't think so. I'm I'm assuming Nicholas Flamel is like an actual was an alchemist or in real life, you know, quote unquote alchemist. He made the sorcerer's stone, bro. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it was. Maybe Harry Potter just brought it in there. We're going to sound so uneducated <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> this is not the first time we're going to talk about Harry Potter. I'm just saying this is about to get real. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> So now that we have some information about her bio and origin, let's jump into more information just about the character. So her names and aliases include Zatanna Zatara, the Mistress of Magic, the Princess of Prestidigitation, Z, Zana, Zani, and the Magic Maid. Her powers and abilities are seemingly endless, I, I pulled up a list of all of them, and it would legitimately probably take the rest of our episode just discussing all of them. It's like the whole magic section of the player's handbook of D&D. Like, she does all of it. She has her own module just of her spells. Oh, really? That's crazy. No, I'm just saying. Oh, well, <laughs> That's yeah, how many she that has. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. She has access to everything. She does not have to stay within one class. No. <laughs> So interestingly, she so Zatanna cast her spells backwards like her father also did. And when I was doing research for the episode, I also found out that on top of that, Merlin the Magician, who first appeared in National Comics 1 in July of 1940 from Quality Comics, actually did the same thing. And the, the character was a direct descendant of the Arthurian uh, Merlin, and that Quality Comics was actually a big influential comic publisher during the Golden Age and would print stories from 1937 to 1956. And eventually mm. all of its properties would be purchased by National Comics, which would later become DC. Interesting. Yeah. So just to kind of fast forward. So Satana has a mastery of magic, telepathy, teleportation, telekinesis, chronokinesis, healing skills, astral projection, flight and levitation, elemental control, and legitimately every single element that like the list is so long, every element. (laughs) That's all you got to know. She's the avatar. (laughs) (laughs) She has mastered every element. Uh, She also has dimensional travel, nature manipulation, weather manipulation, and is also uh, a skilled hand to hand combatant, which is super cool. So not only can she smoke you with magic, but she can knock the crap out of you with her bare hands. She can Vulcan judo chop you right in the neck and knock you out. And then she'll walk (laughs) away in her fishnets. Yep. Oh, the fishnets. Oh, the fishnets. Affiliations include the Justice League, Justice League Dark, Sentinels of Magic, Seven Soldiers, Young Justice, and, you know, pretty much every team that ever needs help against magic, they call on Zatara. Or they call on Zatanna. Right. Oh, gosh, this episode is going to, I'm going to flip flop Zatanna. Well, technically, that's her last name. So I'm not wrong. wrong. Just just less right. That one. Yeah, it's hard to pronounce that one. Not Zatanna or Zatara. So her name isn't Zatanna. You get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we're going to confuse it with Avatar because we have Katara. Oh, God. Now you put that in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) This this episode's going to go downhill real fast. Uh, Very quickly, supporting characters for Zatanna include her father, Zatara, who first appeared in Action Comics 1 alongside Superman. 
So Superman's Whoa. first appearance is also Zatara's first appearance. That's wild. Like from the birth of comic books, this character's loins have sprung. Yeah. How how in the world is it the fact that obviously Superman is considered the greatest superhero by a large majority of people, right? How do mm-hmm. does no one ever discuss Zatara as well, considering the fact he also showed up in 1938 in the same exact issue? Well, does he like... I don't know. I've never read the original Superman, but I feel like he's not as prominent of a character. Is he even a good guy or is he a bad guy? I haven't read it. I, I'm outing myself right now by saying I have you not read. You haven't read the King of All Comics? What? <laughs> I have not read an Action Comics number one. Well, we got to get on that. Yeah, I got to figure that one out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> other supporting <laughs> characters for Zatanna include John Constantine and Barry Allen's The Flash which I didn't realize they were kind of an item for a little bit. Ooh, I didn't know that. Constantine's kind of an obvious give, but mm-hmm. the Flash, I can't imagine they have a whole lot in common. I, that relationship must have fizzled out flat. Fat. Oh, I give it up. <laughs> I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Fizzled yeah. out fast is what I was trying to say, because he's the flat anyway. <laughs> we, you, you know, you get it. You get it. Antagonists include literally every single villain that DC has ever put out because she always helps with everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, because she's also been a member of Justice League and Justice League Dark, so she goes up against all the big bads. But her main antagonist is going to be Allura, so the uh, elemental individual that put the initial curse on her when she was a baby. Anything to add to her as a character that you want to bring up? I feel like I could go on and on. I don't understand why if she's always helping everybody, why doesn't everyone know who she is? Like, I didn't know. I am into comics and I didn't really 100% know who she was until today. Like, it's it's crazy that she's an A-lister that nobody knows who she is. I guess she's technically a B-lister because of that. But at the same time, her dad hung out with Superman at the birth of Superman. Like, come on. Yeah, you'd, you'd think there would be a little bit more well-known information about her like she like she showed up in multiple properties but she showed up in like justice league dark and uh apocalypse war like those movies but those ones didn't get big publicity right she's mostly in the comics that have obviously to do with more of like the magic side of things which i'm very much into but maybe they don't sell as well yeah i'm not super into the modern magic aspect of comics when it comes to like doctor strange and all that like the movies are awesome but i never delved into the reading of them so like i can understand how it's not the the zeitgeist of all comics is that the magic users deserve the credit that they or get the credit that they deserve kind of thing but like i could go into the psychology of her and stuff but i think we should probably move a little further before i start breaking down why she is who she is so before we get too deep into that let's go into the archives. Zatanna Zatara was created by writer Gardner Fox and artist Murphy Anderson. I was not prepared for how much I was going to learn about Gardner Fox in this episode, but I'm glad we covered Zatanna because I learned how instrumental he was in comic books, period, but especially with DC. He is a big name, and I should have known more about him before. On his 11th birthday, Gardner Fox received two fantasy fiction books, which he would go on record saying opened up a complete new world for him. Now, these books ended up being uh, 
creations of the problematic Edgar Rice Burroughs, who I found out uh, was a believer in eugenics and scientific racism. Oh, cool. Yeah, but he also created Tarzan and John Carter. Well, I mean, that should be evidence enough, I guess. Yes, yes, but just want to reiterate, that was Edgar Rice Burroughs, not the subject of of (laughs) one of the creators of Zatanna. So we're speaking now about Gardner Fox. Now, Fox actually obtained a law degree from St. Charles College and would practice law for roughly two years, but... It happened around uh, 1935. Uh, Miles, you know what was going on in the world in 1935? Oh, that was Vietnam. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I'm just kidding. That was, uh, you know, the big one. The big one. So we're also talking, like, we're talking about the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Like, so he became a lawyer. Great Depression period time. And so work was rough. And so he actually started to write for DC Comics. He wanted to get into a career in writing. And so that's when he started it. So the world is kind of in a really rough spot. You know, like who could relate to the world being in turmoil, right? Uh, (laughs) So he, (laughs) he jumps over, changes up the career a little bit, starts writing for DC and begins contributing to nearly every book in DC's lineup during the Golden Age. Wow. Like, so the birth of comics, they were not geared towards adults at all. Like, they were believed to be for children and people who had handicaps, from what I understand. So it was not like, uh, oh, hey, you're doing great. Way to go. Writing for DC or writing for comics or whatever. It was kind of a shameful thing. So it was, he was just getting in wherever he could. And now look at what we owe to him. Like so much that is now the cultural, like this is what our country is, is a large percentage of people read comic books. And uh, it's crazy that that guy made that decision and it influenced everything after him. Yeah. He had a big hand in having the characters and actual teams that we have in comics today. And uh, we'll get into that in a second, but wow, this individual was very important to comic books, period. Interestingly, Fox was a polymath, which means that he's someone that has a substantial knowledge about a wide variety of topics. Like what? Like uh, like uh, he's, he's good at math and science? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's good at all the maths. No. So he's great at science, history. Uh, like pop culture like he knew a lot about everything what about dinosaurs do you know a lot about dinosaurs i'm guarantee you he knew about dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) And, and so because he had all this knowledge he would throw that into his books and so just these moments from history or scientific breakthroughs would be included in his storylines to like ground them in reality while also sharing this like fantasy world Now, aside from comics, Fox also wrote science fiction novels and short stories, but we're here to talk about the comics. Wait, you don't know if you wrote about dinosaurs? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Falling off the rails, Miles. I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just like dinosaurs. I'm sorry. (laughs) He had to have included dinosaurs at some point. Fox's list of comic creations and co-creations include Batman's Utility Belt, the Batarang, Sandman, Jay Garrick's The Flash, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, 
the Justice League, the Justice League of America, Crime Syndicate of America, Dr. Fate, Starman, Starro, Amazo, Martha and Thomas Wayne, and oh yeah, DC's freaking multiverse. Oh my goodness. Holy cow, this dude's amazing. Yeah, like the Justice League. That's so crazy. And if you did the multiverse, he definitely talked about dinosaurs. A hundred percent. A world of just dinosaurs. Speaking of a world of just dinosaurs, though, they just came out with uh, Jurassic League for like DC, the new book. And oh, my gosh, it is so good. It's so good. Is that one about dinosaurs? It is about as if all of the heroes of the DC universe and villains were dinosaurs. That sounds like my dream comic. Yes. So go pick up Jurassic uh, Jurassic League. It is so good. So much fun. It, it is one of those books that it's it's not trying to be serious or grounded at all. It goes wacky, zany, and it, it is amazing in all the right ways. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, and interestingly, so the, that multiverse was introduced in 1961 in the Flash story, uh, Flash of Two Worlds. So very important for DC period, especially with how they're trying to incorporate the multiverse in DC film right now because we're... We'll see if we ever get that Flash movie. Let's see if Ezra Miller can ever stop hurting and attacking people in Hawaii enough <laughs> for Warner Brothers to be able to drop this movie, which I, man, I just really don't care about Ezra Miller anymore. I, just, I don't either, but like, we got all the Batmans in one movie. You gotta make it happen. <laughs> gotta release it. They're just gonna like impose, superimpose some other actor's face on top of Ezra Miller for the entire movie. It'll look worse than. Superman's not mustache. Ron Perlman as the Flash. <laughs> A dinosaur as the Flash. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, now moving on to our artist for the episode. Murphy Anderson started his comic career in 1944 after moving to New York and starting at a comic publisher, Fiction House. He began work in science fiction pulp magazines for Planet Comics and would later begin a two-year span for work on Buck Rogers. Anderson's career would include work for various publishers, including Pines Comics, St. John Publication, Ziff Davis, DC Comics, and Atlas Comics, that decade's predecessor of Marvel Comics. He would co-create Adam Strange in 1958 and draw Wonder Woman on the very first issue of Ms. Magazine. I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Not only was like a magazine popping up for women, but it was just like, you know, what we should put on the cover of our very first issue ever. Wonder Woman. The ultimate woman. Exactly. Murphy Anderson would team up with Gardner Fox to launch the original Hawkman series in May of 1964, which would introduce Satana in issue number four. She's been out a while and nobody knows who she is. This is wild. Yeah, I am still blown away by how undervalued so many early appearances of DC characters are. Like, Zatanna, that book should be expensive. It came out in 19... What did I just say? 1964. And it's a very cool cover for Hawkman. And yeah, it's worth a few hundred dollars. But books of that same age for Marvel with a, main, like, with a big character are worth like thousands. And we're mm -hmm. talking hundreds for Zatanna. It's a deal. Swoop yeah. in and get it, folks. I, I am going to swoop in. A couple hundred bucks. You don't need to feed your kids. Get that comic book. Yeah. 
what are you doing trying to like live your life correctly? Just waste all your money on comic <laughs> books, like me and me. I just pray every day. Yeah, just pray every day. My wife doesn't divorce me. <laughs> so we've learned about our creators. So let's just talk about our pull list and reading recommendations for our listeners. Now, Miles, you want to go first with this one? I got three, so I could we could go back and forth if you want. But uh, so for today, I read the. Black Canary and Zatanna Blood Spell. Yes. That was a good one. We got Mystic U, where she goes to Wizard College. And we have Seven Soldiers of Victory by Grant Morrison. Yes. All so pretty cool. solid reads. So these are all three on different reading levels. So she casts a wide net for people to read. And I'm not just talking about the fishnets that she always wears in everything she's not complaining always wearing freaking anyway yeah she's uh she's a foxy mama this girl and um so for the low reading level people who are just like teaching their kids about comics and all that good stuff we got black canary and zatanna blood spell so uh should i give them a brief synopsis of what it is yeah yeah throw it out there okay let me see here Zatanna is best friends with Black Canary. They meet on a mountaintop as Zatanna had to fly to it because it's a she's in a mage's college and they're training her from the very young age to become an amazing wizard. So she flies up to the top and Black Canary's there and they have a little fist fight for fun. And then uh, Black Canary teaches her like physical prowess is just as important as magic. So Zatanna climbs down. But Black Canary then, we jump to the future... Black Canary uh, is undercover trying to uh, be a part of this group that's a bunch of women doing a heist in Las Vegas. And the leader, whose name I forget, the leader bad guy, she uh, she makes them all take a blood oath before going in. And then she betrays them. And it turns out the blood oath is actually a blood curse. So uh, one by one, these girls start dying off and Black Canary's like, this is magic. I need Zatanna. And together they try and fight this blood spell and uh, it gets a little zany. But that one's on a pretty low reading level if you're just trying to get into it. Moving up for like teenagers, a coming of age story is Mystic U, where uh, it opens with the university is in rubble and Zatanna is the only one standing. She goes to the headmaster named Rose and Rose sucks her magic out and uses it to reset time. And uh, she's hoping that Zatanna will be able to fix all these problems. But the only person who remembers is Rose. So they're trying to figure out who brought the evil entity named Malevolence to the school. Zatanna has a whole group of friends, of course, and um, her best friend is named Pia, P-I-A, and Pia's powers manifest as green goo. Pia accidentally pricks her finger in the sink and her green goo comes out and it like mixes with all of the filth in the pipes and it creates a character named Plop. Plop yes. is the best. It's just this goo monster <laughs> that is like, I want to be a student too. So this goo monster enlists in the school and starts practicing magic. And it's just like blood and snot and everything else one might find in pipes. And I love Plop. Plop is the best. That is that is such an amazing character for you to come across. I love it. I know. Like, we need Plop comics, bro. <laughs> Plop is so good. <laughs> And uh, the teachers at the school are aware that malevolence is around, so they're trying to tap into everybody's sources of magic 
to see who's being like empowered by malevolence to then stop the being. And uh, it's a good time. I just read it a half an hour ago and it's a really good. I was thinking it was going to be some teenage, whatever, whatever, which it is, but it's also really, really good. So that one I recommend highly. And last but definitely not least, Seven Soldiers of Victory Volume 1 is what I read. I have all four of them, but Grant Morrison, we should talk about Grant Morrison for a second. King of Comics, Mm -hmm. not the King of Comics, pretty excellent writer. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, like what are some other things that he's famous for doing? Like All-Star Superman. Yeah, (laughs) Um, the original Arkham Asylum. He did that one. He's just excellent. He's like, he opens this book with like a, I've written for every character and they gave me this Z list cast of crew and they were like, do what you want. So I did what I wanted. And this one is like, uh, she's almost like Jessica Jones. She's in the, her part of this book. It's just like introduction to her in the first one. And, uh, she's in a, a, um, she's in a, a support group for superheroes who, aren't proud of their powers and have self-esteem issues. So she's doing that. So she gives up her powers and then uh, she starts getting tracked down by the shapeless one, which is some sort of evil entity. So she goes to her friend's store where she has all these magical items to try and fight this thing because she gave up her powers. And that one is definitely a high reading level for even me, a 31 year old man. It's like dense, very high concept, there's like parts where she's traveling through dimensions and stuff. And it's done in like no other comic I've ever seen before. Very, very well done. So those are the three that I read for this. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's uh, you should definitely check out. If you had to pick one, Seven Soldiers is pretty dense. So I would say Mystic U is a good, good one for you to check out. Gotcha. So start with that one. And then if you feel like going towards the, the, the meaty storyline, Go for the one from Grant Morrison. Yes, and like the Black Canary one was fun and all, but it was nothing compared to the other two. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Well, wasn't the other one like geared towards like younger kids? Uh, sort of. There's like there is a sex scene in it, but you don't oh, see no. anything. <laughs> she just when she has an or she has an orgasm and it like shatters all the glass in the house, and like it, it's definitely like uh, they're trying to rope you in, but. At most, I'd say PG-13 is definitely pretty chill compared to the other two. Gotcha. I thought that was so funny just because I like when I looked at reading recommendations for Zatanna, it had that book, but it but a lot of the reviews were like, this is more geared towards children. And then your first thing was, well, she has an orgasm and she breaks all the glass in the house. It's probably not geared towards children. (laughs) Everything else about it is definitely PG. So (laughs) it's all PG and then boom, that scene. Gotcha. Now, uh, my reading recommendation <laughs> for this episode, uh, we'll, we'll say kind of goes along the same lines as, as some possibly sketchy stuff going on too. But my reading or, or my pull list <laughs> recommendation is going to be the 2010 series Zatanna. Now, this was written by Paul Dini and the rest of the team includes Adam Beechan, Stephanie Rue, Jamal Eigel, Chad Harden, and Cliff Chiang. This comic is so cool yeah heck yeah got a good one funny enough the the writer paul dini is actually the writer of the reading recommendation i gave for my riddler episode as well and i'm i found some yeah 
so I, I found some kind of parallels to these storylines. Uh, they both include a sex club and or dungeon. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> My he, kind of book. Right. It's But it's so well written. Zatanna is such a cool character in, in like the, this world where these ridiculous things are happening, monsters and creatures and villains. She always remains this level-headed character that just kind of has things figured out or is constantly working them out. And so just a highly capable individual, which I just find really refreshing in, in storylines. Cause so often characters are just so like, what's going on. We got to figure this out. And she's just like, yeah, we're going to figure it out. This is how we do that. Yeah. She's very, very competent character. Yeah. And she just uses her magic kind of like nonchalant. Like she'll be like, well, the day's over. I'm going to get comfy in bed magic to change her outfit laying in bed. Right. (laughs) She's probably the most powerful character in the DC universe. If we're being real, like she has so much going for her as far as like, there are no limits to her power, much like Superman. She just kind of does it, whatever it is. She can just do it. Yeah. And I'm here for it because she's amazing. Yes. (laughs) And, and this storyline is really cool. So it starts off with, there's a crime scene. And all of these individuals have been turned into these like monstrosities. They're all, they've all been murdered. And this police uh, individual, this detective is like, well, this is kind of above our pay grade because some of them have been turned into like monsters. And so he reaches out to Zatanna. She comes to the crime scene. She's figuring out kind of who's behind it all. And she finds out it is this particular individual that uh, you find out throughout the storyline has done horrible things. And uh, I won't say exactly what they've done because it's it's kind of like a major story point for it. But he has done some horrendous things in order to gain power from essentially the devil and or other horrible hell beings. And uh, yeah, they kind of go toe to toe in interesting ways. And that's just within the first three issues of this run. And I believe it's 16 issues total. But really fun read i haven't checked that one out yet but it's uh it's on my it's in my ebay cart because i have no self-control and uh yeah there's there's one that's just called zatanna that i want to check out that it came out in like 1990 and that thing is like 40 dollars for a comic book that's a hard justify for me but you're over here talking about it It isn't much it's only a couple hundred bucks so maybe you (laughs) should check that one out too yeah well when i say it's not that expensive so i when I'm trying to find like grails, like books that I really care about, what I'll do is I'll take things from my collection and I'll piece out the things that I don't necessarily need or want anymore. And then I use that money to buy the things I really do want. I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not willy nilly with my money. I got a system, but yeah, I, I really want Satana's first appearance. It's like, I think I could pull it off for like sub $400. I bet you could. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what I can find or do a trade with someone. We'll figure it out. Uh, And so that kind of goes straight into our grail find section. And uh, I had recently, not recently, like a few months ago, I had purchased a collection. And within that collection, 
I found Hawkman number two, Hawkman number three, and Hawkman number five. <laughs> so sadly, issue four was missing, which is the first appearance of Zatanna. So I've been this close. I've been so close to finding it. <laughs> but just, oh goodness, out of my grasp. Because I don't have anything Grail related to Zatanna. All I have for my Grail for this episode is a story of almost finding a Grail. Right. <laughs> I found her through the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I'd never heard of her. And uh, we have a store called Ollie's. I don't know if you have it out there. It's just like a store that buys stuff that other stores can't sell. And okay. uh, they had all the Seven Soldiers. And my ex was like... Just get the first one and see if you like it. Don't buy all four. And I was like, but they're $2 each. And now here I am $60 later and I got the four that I could have gotten for <laughs> eight. But that's okay because I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about like I was so into it when I was reading it. I was like it was a page turner. So that's uh, I guess my grail is that I saw them and I wanted them and I didn't get them till later. Yeah, well, you have some of them now. Yeah. Oh, I have them all now. <laughs> oh, there you go. You have them all now. That count. That counts as your grail that you have all of them now. Yeah, I haven't read them all, but I've got them all. That's the best part. Like when you when you talk about yeah, it, it's just like a page turner. Those are the best stories when you're like, you don't want to put them down because they're just so engaging. Great, great read for a bathtub. There you go. There you go. Zatanna bathtub reading. Moving on to adaptations. Uh, do you have a favorite? live action or animated appearance for Zatanna? Oh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is so good. It's honestly like I watch all the DC animated things, but animation is like a hard sell for me. But Apocalypse War might just be one of my favorite movies just in general. It's so good. And she is not in it very much, but she is an integral character for the entire plot. It's it's amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, which I know Lance hasn't, I'm shame sorry. on you. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll get to it. One of my recommendations or one of the adaptations that I really enjoyed with her in it is actually the first Justice League Dark. I thought she was very cool in that movie. And she she like throws down in those fight scenes. It's so good. Yeah, she does. Oh man, R-rated cartoons—they're—they're they're the way to go. <laughs> they are. You can do so many cool things in R-rated anime shows or R-rated animated series and shows. Now, Zatanna's first live-action appearance, which I didn't know about this, was she has appeared in Smallville, and she was actually played by Sarinda Swan, who actually played Medusa in that not so well-liked Inhumans show. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, though, I was like, have I not watched all of Smallville? Because I don't remember her showing up. And then I realized, yeah, I, I owned the final three seasons, but I never watched the final three seasons. Mm. I never got into that show myself because, like, every time I started watching, it's like, starting next, season 17. And I'm like, ah, this is too much. I can't handle this. <laughs> Yeah, I I love Smallville. That was like my go-to superhero show. I freaking like Tom Welling is such an incredible Clark Kent. It is unbelievable. But yeah, I I made it through 7 seasons and then I think like I went off to New York for a bit. Uh, like I lived out there for 2 years and I just didn't watch the show while I was out there. 
And so that's probably why it fell off. So I think I need to finish the series. I love Smallville, so I know I need to finish it. But I love those early seasons. If for nothing else, then Zatanna is a good reason to finish it. There you go. Got to go back and watch her in live action. Check out those live action fishnets. Mm -hmm. Of course. Respectfully. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other adaptation appearances of Zatanna that you want to talk about? I mean, yeah, it's just been it's just been the animated movies for me since I am not a Smallville guy, but definitely check out Apocalypse War. It's so excellent. Yeah, just do a double feature. Just do Justice League Dark and then Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. That's a good Friday night. Yeah, I'd say so. We've talked about the character. We've talked about the creators. We've gone into adaptations and reading lists. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment of our show because they keep telling me it's their favorite. What if? Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this episode was brought to you by Miles, who who decided, what if Zatanna multiclassed as a sorcerer and blank? Yes. I, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Big D&D nerds on here. Yep. So uh, why don't why don't you go first? Because my answer is kind of in depth. So I, mine's very straightforward. After reading more about her character and just how uh, well-versed she is in hand-to-hand combat, on top of being already an incredible sorcerer, I thought she should multi-class as a monk. Ooh. Now, it, most people, when they hear monk, they think like you mean the people that just like chant and wear robes and like don't fight too much. Or they think of like Shaolin monks and they fight yeah, a running lot. across walls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whereas in D&D, uh, we would be talking about a monk like they are highly skilled hand to hand combatants, which Zatanna is, but they're just like to another level. They can use what's called key points in order to do extra moves and take extra like fight sequences they can like nullify individuals abilities just by hitting people in the right spot so kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with avatar the last airbender she basically could become like a chi blocker yeah but just imagine you're going up against this woman who is in a magician's outfit the top hat fishnet stockings and you think you're this big bruiser person and you're going to take her down with a punch and then she just lays you flat out hand-to-hand combat and then while you are out of it, she then casts a spell that sends you to the sun. Right. <laughs> There's just no winning in that scenario. There's no winning. So I'm going to go with multi-classed Zatanna as sorcerer and monk. And that makes sense, actually, contextually, because she like lives in a monastery in the beginning of the Black Canary one that they're like teaching her the way that they teach the airbenders and stuff. So that tracks. That would actually be pretty solid. Yes, I totally knew that other information and included that as part of my response. <laughs> so uh, my thing is I like really looked into in depth as to what this character is. She's polarizing because often, very often, she like sees a scenario where like, say, Superman is possessed or something and she wipes everybody's memories of things, which Ooh. is like nobody asked her to do that she just does it at one point in one of the comics not the one i read she wipes out um selena kyle catwoman's motivations to be a burglar and uh she forgets that she's a bad guy and she just isn't motivated to be anything special but when she gets that memory back she almost kills zatanna in response so she does things to people that they don't want her to do 
there's a point in one of these comics where like a ghost is about to attack somebody and they're like, how are we going to stop this? She goes, well, here's what we're going to do. And she just turns her into glass and he's like, and she's like, okay, well she can't get hurt now. Cause she's just a statue moving on. So she's really motivated by her idea of what is important and the best way to go about things. And she's not really interested in what other people have to say. And I think that stems from her daddy issues. Cause her dad has these big shoes to fill and she, he definitely is not proud of her for a long time until she manifests her power and vanishes him to another realm. So, like, she's, she's very self-righteous, trying to prove something to somebody. So, I think that she would be good as a rogue. Yes. Being a, a sneak thief. Because, like, all sneak thieves are motivated by their own interest. And she's already cunning, and she appears to be harmless, which are two things that go together pretty well. And she's empowered by her own motivations. So I'd say she's lawful evil based on the way that she solves problems. Like, she's working towards the greater good, but she makes her own choices, especially if you see Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, you'll see a perfect example of it. So she's, she's just amazing she could easily rob any bank that she wants to and she'd do it looking cute so i think that she'd be a good rogue yeah i think that fits 100 percent into her character that's so good mm. any last words on zatanna as we wrap up this episode i think we should briefly touch on the fact that she's in a relationship with constantine how do you feel about constantine as a character he he's I think he is unbelievably fun to read as a character as far as being in the same world as him. I would absolutely not want to be in the same world as Constantine. Right. He <laughs> is just pure chaos. He, he like messes with demons and devils just for the hell of it. And no, I, I don't want to be around this individual, but I'll read his comics because they're amazing. And I think Zatanna is the same way. They are like a dichotomy of just like they both don't care about how you feel. <laughs> so no. I think that's, uh, I think that they, uh, they're a perfect match. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's really what I had to say about that, but I just feel like we'd be remiss without talking about how they're, that is definitely the most solid DC relationship other than like Lois Lane and Superman. Like it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. And black canary and green arrow. Yes, of course. Yeah. I, I would, I would definitely, when I think of, like DC couples, these are those are the three I probably think of the quickest, the ones that we just mentioned. Yeah, I think so too. Like power couple to the max. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Constantine and Zatanna as a couple. Yikes. That is and Zatanna won the genetic lottery as far as magic goes. Imagine what their kids are gonna be like crazy demon monsters. Like <laughs> so powerful. It's just unfair for everyone else yep well thanks for having me on your show my dude of course miles why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your show as well as like your social medias uh if you type in the disc dump with a c you can uh you'll find me wherever don't uh, don't type in k even my own family can't seem to get their heads around that it's d-i-s-c <laughs> disc and uh check that out and of course uh, if you want to look up something funny that's uh, that's turning out really well, check out High on Horror. Someone <laughs> else stole our names, so click on the one that has pictures of like a, a campfire and stuff because we're uh, we're the best, and uh, it's the first one you'll see for a reason because we're the best. So check out High on Horror. Yeah, just just pick the one that's incredible because yes. that show is so good. 
I freaking love High on Horror. And then I, of course, also love Disc Dump because I've also been on Disc Dump where we talked about Resident Evil 4. So everyone jump over if you want to hear me talk about Resident Evil 4 over there. Heck yeah, that was a really good time. That's, uh, yeah, Resident Evil 4, one of the greatest games of all time with one of the greatest guests of all time. Oh, thanks, buddy. Well, I am going to also share that compliment with you. This has been so much fun. Uh, we've been talking about having you on Comic Book Keepers for a while now, so I'm so happy we got this to finally work out schedule-wise, and uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Of course. It's time to close the book on Zatanna. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Miles, reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. would want to do the rest of it because there's nothing else to even do with that one. Oh, that's so good <laughs> i've been sitting on that one for like a week okay. and a half i'm not gonna lie <laughs>